Steelman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. This is uh, Herbie said exactly what I've been saying. This shows that when you have a bully pulpit, you can't say stuff that makes complete common sense. Because how many weeks have I been saying exactly what he said? Yeah, I think there's more uh, Michigan. Well, he has more. He has to be more careful, of course. Uh, But Herbie said last night basically what I've been saying. And of course, he's got to apologize. Michigan. Yes, he had to apologize shouldn't have apologized because he looks like he was right two questions i have for you to start this two observations very good okay Let's is it on. a surprise that i come here at 6 30 to get the show started is it a surprise yeah why was i not ready today well we're moving cameras 6 37 <laughs> i set this place up last night and you know today it was almost a history making day in the history of the spielman and Hooley we tackle life podcast in that it was almost the first day you got me out of bed to do it I got out of bed at 619. I'm glad I set all this up last night. I don't know what the deal with the camera was last night. I, I, know, I, I, just, I had it positioned perfectly last night. Now I turn it on this morning, and it's like the shot was too wide. Yeah. It's too wide we, right we, now, but it's better than it was. We need to train one of the hooligans. They got enough going on. Yeah. They're they're doing enough this hour. And the other thing, is there yeah. running water yet at Hooli Manor? There is running water. Should I prepare water. to go to the stall? No, no, your, no, no. You can literally the stall. Wash your hands, <laughs> take a shower if you're so inspired, whatever you want to do. Yes. No, you'd go back there in the backyard and it would look reasonably like it used to, except half uh, the deck is missing. I, yeah. How's everything going, buddy? Well, I, I miss well. you, man. Yeah. I, I didn't uh, talk to you this weekend. Usually I talk to you. No, I mean, I, you know, busy. you got all the rumors about your future going on and people reaching out to you and everything. I got people texting me, is Chris, is Chris a candidate? Yeah. So did they ask you about it on the broadcast? No. No? No. Figured Kevin may ask you. Make a no. joke. No. Doing the Lions and doing the Bears, I figured he might say, yeah, what do you think? Would you draft this guy? <laughs> You know, <laughs> you didn't, huh? No. Did you tell them to stay away from it? No, I don't think there's anything to talk about. Well, I, I wasn't insinuating that there was. Yeah. I'm just saying that you know, I know that I got a text last night from somebody. Hey, here Spielman's a candidate. I said, well, I mean, it's 2020. Who knows what happens? I said nobody can. I mean, whoever no thought God, Bruce Lee would be doing a political talk show in 2020? Who, who thought? <laughs> who would have thought that? Yeah. I mean. You know, yeah. Who would have thought that the Ohio State Michigan game is in jeopardy? Who would have thought that? Who would have thought the Detroit Lions could rally from a double <laughs> right. figure deficit? It's crazy man. Maybe they were auditioning for you. I don't know. And who would have thought, as, while we're playing this game, that the Jets would be in an all-out blitz with five oh, seconds to goodness. go? Well, I mean, if you knew Greg Williams was their defensive I mean, coordinator, you'd know that he invented he invented football. So I yeah, shouldn't question he that. He did, but that's insanity. That's saw a uh, stat on NFL Network last night that they are the first team all season to rush eight in a situation like that. That's crazy. It's a it, that's to me that's a fireable offense. But what do I know? Well, you know. Derek Carr made a nice throw, and Henry Ruggs is super fast. And yeah, but it, it should have what five seconds left, something like that. No deep safety. No, there should have been three deep safeties. In I that know. Situation. I'm aware. Just mind numbing to me that that happened. So <laughs> I can't. I, I don't Williams. understand. Greg Super G Williams. Yeah. Wow, man. Out um, in. He knows it more than Oh yeah. Who would have thought I mean. who would have thought the Minnesota Vikings could almost end the Jacksonville Jaguars well losing streak. When you miss a field goal, you miss two extra points, you throw a pick six, and you fumble on the one yard line yeah. going in to put the game away. Try yeah. it very hard. I mean they they, very, they try, try it very hard every week to make it interesting. Oh. I was talking uh to Rick on the way home from um Chicago driving. And uh, which is not a bad drive, by the way. Wow, you drove. Yeah, it's that. it's I, six hours. I just right, right you know ahead, right. I didn't I, I didn't want to pack my uh, identification and yeah. clearance papers to cross uh, into the People's Republic of Illinois, but yeah. I, I did. <laughs> nice, good line. That's very funny. That's very funny. And so I just said, let's let, I'll just drive. It's just easier. And I uh, had some conversations I had to have on the phone. Sure. Some discussions. A lot of good uh, alone time there. Tried to call you, but, you know, you're too busy for me. You're always on the phone. You're always doing something. I pretty much detach from my phone on Saturdays and Sundays. I know. Yeah. Well, you know, that's I always I, try to call you back. but Not I, that I need to, you know, not that I value your opinion, your advice, but 
you know, I mean, I should expect nothing less, to be honest with you. <laughs> no, I set that precedent a long time ago. That I would definitely not be available when you need me most. Well, I mean, I kind of, you know, I I respect your opinion and your view. And so I've told you a long time, if I'm calling you, I'm not calling you just to. No, you don't. You're not a bull. call to commiserate. I'm and calling shoot the bull kind for of a reason. Yeah, I know. Was it yesterday or Saturday? Because Saturday. Saturday, I couldn't get my phone to charge Saturday. I don't know why. I had it plugged in to charge. I was doing my chainsaw thing outside. And yeah. normally I have, um, you know, my phone listening to a game. Yeah. And it just wouldn't charge. Usually, I don't know why. Usually the hooligans can fix that, though. Yeah, usually. But I, I think I had it plugged into an outlet that doesn't have any juice or something. But that's yeah. why I didn't have it with me. Because normally, obviously, if I'm listening to a game and it rings and I see it's you, I'll answer. So, um, Speaking of the game, what do you think? Which one? Ohio State. How bad is Michigan State's oh, offense? They're so bad. I, oh, it's just awful. Yeah. I, how did they beat? Michigan and I don't know Northwestern. I don't know how in the world their <laughs> offense is terrible, their defense is terrible. I thought the kid that came in for Rocky Lombardi was Thorne. Yeah, yeah, he was okay. I thought he did. He it. was okay. I thought he's better than Lombardi. He's better but than just, Lombardi. Yeah. I mean, just he looks a little bit more natural. They play in a position. Boy, they got lots of problems. Who Michigan State? Yeah. Well, in fairness, I think didn't Mel Tucker take the job a day before signing day and. Yeah, and I mean, I mean obviously at the end, Mark D'Antonio lost his mojo yeah. recruiting, so they'll go through a three-year rebuild. rebuild. But uh, they're bad. I just that's the one thing that resonated with me was this team won at Michigan. Yeah, I mean that's, that's and this team beat the team that if Ohio State plays a game this week, Ohio State will play for the Big Ten title. They'll play Northwestern. This team beat Northwestern. Yeah, like I thought I'm not. That. I don't know if it's better for Ohio State's. Look, Ohio State's resume, just the only the most important thing on Ohio State's resume is zero. the zero. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's the zero. Because I watched Clemson Saturday night yeah. and they struggled for a while to get rid of Virginia Tech. And it was uh early third quarter, Trevor Lawrence threw an interception. At that time it's seventeen to ten. And uh I flipped it off so I could watch a movie with uh the wife and um What movie did you watch? The Proposal, Sandra Bullock uh, and Ryan Reynolds. Just, Sorry, we didn't watch Braveheart. <laughs> For the 45th time, which, by the way, was on BBC America. Was it really? Of course it was. Numerous times. Right after it, Shawshank Redemption. And Carrie walks in and says, uh, <laughs> again. That's all she said. Yeah. Again. And she's, I started quoting lines before they yeah, came out. Sure. And then that's when it's, you know. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> She's going to bed. You yeah. know what I did watch? Because my older kids, when I was in a COVID jail, my older kids told me, you got to watch Game of Thrones. And I watched I watched the whole eight seasons. I figured that's game. right up your alley. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's some parts are not suitable, obviously. Yeah. But the, the I don't care. The storytelling and, you know, I... And I started looking at every character, so I made a list of what every character I would have in a football organization and what position they would play. Uh-huh. From the uh from the Queens to the Kings to the, the Warriors, like Tormin. People out there that watch Game of Thrones, Tormin. I'd give him the ball seventy five times a game. You watch him go into battle, he doesn't stop. Yeah. He's just a fourth and one, he get guaranteed every time to get it. So I remember when that went off the air that there was complaints that it didn't end properly what did you think of the ending of game um i'm not familiar i thought they i thought they rushed the season season the last season i think there were only six or seven episodes i thought they rushed it but i i really enjoyed there's another one on netflix that i really enjoyed and it's you know it's all the vikings and Mm -hmm. knights and you know i mean uh called the lost kingdom or the lost kingdom or the last kingdom okay and it was uh it was really good so that's the one thing that uh, quarant- or COVID has done to me is introduced me to the magic of Netflix. And the one I just recently finished uh, was The Queen's Gambit. I don't know if you heard about it, about chess. So it's uh, all it's all cool, man. Cool. Great. So, But anyway, back to Back to uh, Buckeye football and the likelihood or unlikelihood of this week's game. Okay, so there's uh, Michigan has COVID. They didn't play Maryland Saturday. 
They have said they are pessimistic. Or maybe it was not optimistic. It's one of the two. Okay, what's the difference? Say, there is no difference. Except I got to be careful what I say because Ward Manuel could get highly offended like he was by Herbie's uh, statement that, you know, Michigan probably would not be heartbroken if they didn't have to come well, to Ohio State and take no, a 60-point beating. Herbie's statement, I, th- I think, if I were Michigan, I'd take that. Sure, personally. of course. You know, so I don't mind Ward Manuel responding how he... Well, he responded how he should, Yeah, I given think. his position. He's got to stick up for his guys and his program. And, you know, um, I don't know how you would say it, but I, I think you look at Michigan, and that, that that's the thing. I think, you know, you can't find a quarterback, you can't block, you can't stop anybody on defense. I think in today's day and age, like, there's things that I said 15 years ago in here that I would never say today. Oh, yeah. Never. Never. be allowed to still no. be on the air. Or, or it'd have to be a, a card. Yeah. We call it card 99 where you got to come on the air and apologize. And apologize. And, you know, I, I get what Herbie's point was because of the struggles of Michigan. But I think the one thing you always want to stay away from, and, and, and I've done a better job of this over the past few years, is, you know, sometimes it can get personal. You don't mean it to be personal, but it can get personal. And, sure. uh, I think Herbie realized that. That's why he went on the air to immediately apologize. His uh, apology was extremely well done for an apology. It was heartfelt. It wasn't scripted. It hit all the points. It was, yeah, he did well. I think had he, in his first statement, the words that went probably over the line and really got Michigan going were when he said they'll tap out. Yeah. Which... That's a locker room thing that you and I would sure. say, that Herbie would say. Had he thought that through ahead of time, he would have. I think he would have said it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for Michigan's program right. if they didn't have to come to Ohio State yeah. and play Ohio yeah. State. And I, you know, I mean. Which I think is what he meant. You know, when I, we first started radio, you remember, like, Dr. Chris and the oh, Michigan sure. things. We just having fun and yeah. talking trash. And, you know, I remember – going on years ago, going on uh, the air at WJR, which is a big radio station in Detroit, and Coach Schembechler was on, and he and I were on there talking trash, and stuff we were saying, I don't quite recall, but I know that it probably wouldn't be able to be said because somebody in Ohio would be offended or yeah. somebody in Michigan would be offended. But, sure. you know, I'm, I'm sitting there trash-talking in a, you know, like competitor way, but not in a personal way, but a competitor way. With Coach Schembechler, and the thing that he had no answer for was, you know, the best thing about Michigan. The best thing about Michigan football is that the reason for their success is all the guys they steal from Ohio. Yes, <laughs> without Ohio no contributions, I mean that's a. But I think that's almost a, probably a pretty undisputed fact. Well, when your only two Heisman Trophy winners are Ohioans, I think it's pretty hard to dispute that. And your greatest coach and greatest coach is from, from Barberton, Ohio. Go Magic! Yeah. Um, no, there's no room for overstatement or sarcasm or Nothing. really humor yeah. anymore. No. It's just sad, but that's where we are. It's just a matter of time. So yeah. Unless you're on the answer from 5 to 7, you can say what you want to say. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. You or can. you have a podcast. Or you have a podcast, although the podcast can hang you, as many other people have been hung. <laughs> so uh, we'll try to keep you off the gallows today, and uh, we'll uh, proceed. But I... So here's the options. Okay, so Ohio State, we all know the Big Ten set this arbitrary rule at the beginning of the year. You had to play six games to be eligible to play for the Big Ten championship. Ohio State will have a minimum of six games because the Big Ten also put in the Champions Weekend in the past. Everybody's been idle on Championship Weekend except the two teams playing this year because they dilly-dallied and didn't set up a season in time. They're going to play the second against the second, the third against the third, the fourth against the fourth. So everybody's going to get another game that weekend. Okay, so worst-case scenario, worst case. Michigan can't play because of COVID. They don't find a replacement game for Ohio State this weekend. Ohio State doesn't play Michigan. Ohio State's not allowed to play for the Big Ten title. They'll get a sixth game the 19th of December against presumably Iowa or Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. That's the worst-case scenario. Okay, The best-case scenario, I suppose, is Michigan comes and Ohio State beats them by 60, which yeah. they will. Uh, 
the next scenario, which may be the likeliest. Right now, I'd say this is 50-50 with playing Michigan. Is they do for Ohio State what they haven't done for any other team. And that is in an effort to get Ohio State to six wins and help the league's best team qualify for the championship. They take a game, they take a team that also can't play this weekend or they find a way to get Ohio State to play Maryland is essentially what is most likely. Uh, There's something with Minnesota. Maybe Minnesota has COVID or Minnesota's supposed to play Maryland or whatever it is, but there's something. I heard, heard a scenario last night where they could move a couple games around, and there's precedent for this. ACC did it. Made a midseason schedule change. BYU on Thursday decided Love to play San, uh, Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina. What a great game that was! It was by a great the way. game. It was a great game. So I think that's. I think Ohio State will have a game this week, and I think you know all your little X's in your social media instead of the letter M will still make sense if it's Maryland and not Michigan. Yeah, that's a good point. So, you know, or if uh, we play Missouri. Or Missouri. Or Monmouth. Monmouth, yeah. <laughs> My- uh, so, we don't know who Ohio State will play. We don't know. But they're going to they're probably going to have a game this week because as Barry Alvarez said the quiet guy. part out loud last week, which is we got to get Ohio State. He's a smart guy. He's yeah, he is. Well, here's the thing too. I mean, arbitrarily, the Big Ten can do whatever it wants to do. We've already known that. The whole world now with the CDC last week coming out saying seven days as opposed to 14 days, um, as long as you're symptom-free and all that good stuff. And seven days, you can, you're good. And uh, not according to the Big Ten because, you know, we're going to really show you we'll make it 21 days. And that was made off of I don't know what that was made from because that was certainly not science based. Mm-mm. It was made to I think make a certain statement. Whatever, however you deem that statement is up to you. So why not just change it? And so say you know if these guys they have enough guys that can line up and play. And if I were Michigan, I look you know how much I respect Michigan. You do very much to the point where I've. When I was a player with the Detroit Lions, I used to go over and watch film with the Michigan linebackers and the Michigan defense coordinator, Jim Herman. Jim Herman. And my response was not to help Michigan. My re- The reason why is because I love football and I respect football players. Mm-hmm. And um, Jim Herman actually recruited me at Michigan. Uh, or He was my guy that kind of took me around when everybody else was busy. He was a graduate assistant. And so when a fellow linebacker and a fellow football guy asked me to do something, I'm, I, don't, I don't look at helmets or, you know, mm-hmm. I look at guys. I look at players. I look at kids and just trying to help them. So you know the respect that I have for that university and that football program. So I look at Michigan. If I were Coach Harbaugh, I would say, I don't care who we're – we're, like, we're playing a game. We're playing a game. And, and this year – the fact that we get to play a game, and I've said this about the NFL all year, that's the joy of it. That's a privilege to be able to play this year. So, um, you know, I, I think they'll ha- – and anybody that tells me that Jim Harbaugh would be ducking this game, that's not the Jim Harbaugh I know. There's no way. I don't I don't know that man to back down from any challenge. Yeah. And, and he's a fierce competitor, and it's one of the reasons why I have so much respect for him. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I hope they play. I mean, I my my theory on this, you know, I just have so much admiration. We're 13 weeks into the NFL, and there was so much pressure from outside forces or so much negativity. They'll never play. They'll never play. Shut it down. Shut it. You can't do this. You can't put the – they're finding a way to get it done. The ACC, BYU, SEC, the Big 12 – they're finding a way mm-hmm. to get it done, and they're making adjustments on the run. And I want to say thank you because it, the easy way out, I think, would have been to cancel all of football this fall. And they didn't take the easy way out. Now, I think the Big Ten thought that people were going to take the easy way out, and they didn't, and they found a way. Now, you know, the one thing different for me and a couple things that – you know, I mean, there's 
there's a lot of common sense things that you and I talked about. One common sense thing is in the uh, city of Chicago. There's outdoor dining. There can't be indoor dining. But if you go down Rush Street or State Street, there's tents set up. So you, the tents are outside, but you can cram a bunch of people in that incubator and feed them. But you can't sit inside the restaurant. I mean, you know, that's like... The whole other world operates on seven days of COVID suspension, and yeah. the Big Ten decides it's 10 days. The whole other BYU can cross country on Thursday and play Coastal Carolina in a great game that comes down to the one-yard line at the end of the game, but Iowa can't play Iowa State in a Cyhawk trophy game. I mean, come on. I think the Big Ten's 21-day thing goes all the way back to the fear that COVID could then result in heart damage. And they wanted as long as possible to be able to diagnose young men's hearts. And so we don't know. I don't know. Still, like Ohio State had 23 guys not eligible to play. Players or just? 23 players. Without 23 players Saturday. I mean, I heard that and I'm like, well, how are they playing if they got 23 guys with COVID? Well, they don't have 23 guys with COVID they had 23 guys with COVID and contact tracing, meaning they were within close proximity for a period of time with someone who did test positive. Right. Okay. So how many of those 23 actually had COVID and will not be able to play this week because they're within the 21-day window? We still don't know. And, uh, you know, that's well, I think if you have two negative tests, and you, or you yeah. should be good. The other thing is... And this is not as this is just a, like a question, a, a legitimate question. Okay, I'm not I'm not criticizing. I know that Ohio State is very adamant about following the protocols. I know the NFL is very adamant about following the protocols, and with that contact tracing, the close proximity. I mean, we're told over and over and over and over. That mask work. And that mask, uh, you know, it's not 100%, but it's pretty effective. That's what we're told, right? And so if those players were in close proximity with somebody and they both had mask on, okay, there's a possibility that you get COVID, but once you pass a couple tests, two or three tests after the incubation period of COVID or, or Whatever, however long it takes to come, whether it's two to five days, wouldn't you test those guys? Okay, well, he's passed. He had a mask on, and he's passed two tests after what the normal incubation period is, which is two to five days. Yep. And it's not 14 days anymore because the CDC wouldn't cut it down from 14 days if that was the case. I know. Is that You understand my question? I understand your question. David uh, understands your question. He says we need to play. The team up north, if not, it would be the first time in over 100 years. Harbaugh wants to play. The NFL did it right. All the leagues found a way to play football. Remember, the Big Ten is a liberal bastion. Well, it's a group of colleges, and colleges are a liberal bastion. So, uh, Well, yeah. I mean, in fairness, like the colleges don't have the – Ohio State does, Michigan does. But a lot of the colleges don't have the budget. Right that Ohio State and Michigan do to, to have all these cool True. things. So, uh, Andy from Hemisphere Coffee Roasters wishes us a good morning. Good morning to Andy. I assume you had your uh, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters coffee today, Hunter's Blend or House Blend? No, I had the Nicaraguan, and, uh, of course, in my daily duty as a husband, there's a Hunter's Blend waiting for Carrie if she doesn't sleep all day. I doubt <laughs> Knowing how high energy Carrie is, she will sleep all day, but I'm sure she will appreciate well, everything but that little passive-aggressive shot you just took out. One of my kids said, hey, just because you're up early doesn't mean the whole world has to get up early. Can you just have some common courtesy? Do you bang around and yeah, I don't drop even, things? But I just don't know that I'm banging around. Okay, very yeah. good. Well, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters Coffee is phenomenal. Their mission is phenomenal, to help growers around the world uh get more than they would get if they sold through government sources and middlemen and that like. And then, of course, that money in their local economy does great things for their community, and you get great coffee. You also get 15% off if you're a Spielman & Hooley listener when you use the promo code WETACKLELIFE in all caps. And Hemisphere, like uh, many 
in the beverage industry have come up with an array of holiday flavors. Frosty's favorite is a blend of cinnamon and graham cracker flavors. Busy, busy, busy. I've got to get busy. Go ahead. Okay, was that like a song from your youth or what? No, that's from Frosty the Snowman. Oh, okay. The guy with the magic hat and steals the hat or whatever, the villain in Frosty. Very busy, good. Busy, busy, busy. Nice. Thank you. Uh, mistletoe mocha is chocolate and mint combined for a great holiday flavor. They Just, have Justin uh, Bieber has a song called Mistletoe. There you go. White Christmas, anything with that? Bing Crosby. Crosby. Thank you. And Christmas blend. So uh, they have many others. They also have uh, really um, nice corporate gifts, packs they put together, sampler packs, different flavors, uh, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters cups and travel mugs like this one right here, wow. and lots of different things that you can how- do. Did you get one of those? I got one for the podcast. Would you like it? Would this be perfect for you to bring your coffee out? You're welcome to it. Well, I just am a little hurt, Andy. Got to be honest with you. All right. There you go. It's all yours. <laughs> Andy, we've given Spiels the... Uh, no. No, I don't want it. No. no I they actually gave it to me probably to give to you, and I thought it'd be good for signage on the podcast, like yeah. for sign behind us. So sorry about your feelings being hurt. He's give, give, give. Remember that, folks. He's give, give, give. Who's who's Andy? Who's the guy that drinks coffee on the show? (laughs) So, uh, yeah, Uh, send those corporate gifts. uh, Ask Hemisphere about it. Spend 20 bucks, 30 bucks, 40, 50, whatever you want to spend. They've got the package for it. So great. Yeah. And some of the nicest people you ever meet. Oh, my goodness. They are such great people. It's a great operation. Yes, indeed. Okay. So uh, we have a message on Facebook from uh, Michael. Says, good morning, guys. How about those Browns? Have yep. a good day. Yes, Michael. They were quite something yesterday in the first half, well, at least. But that's how NFL games yeah. are. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't surprised one bit that the Titans came back. First I wondered all, what you were thinking when you were doing your game. And do you get scores that come across yeah, from other I games? I got it right next to me. As you see 17, 24, 31, yeah. 38. I was looking at 41-21. It was yeah. 38 in the first half. Yeah. No, I thought I thought this I wasn't really I was surprised because of the the numbers and things can snowball like that. But there the biggest question answered and Colin Coward actually had a, a great point on um their pregame show, Fox's pre pregame show, hosted by Carissa and Peter Schrager's on there, Coach Wanstad, Michael Vick. The point was, this is a Baker Mayfield definition game. Yeah, I know you feel this way. I think you feel this way, too. And because you're playing Tennessee, like the Browns have done a good job of beating all they can be. But when they lose, like the game that I did against the Raiders, I mean, they got hammered. Yes, they did. By the Raiders. Out physical and everything else. But that's the NFL, right? And so I wanted to see how Baker would perform. And, you know, Baker finally got a game where it wasn't grappling or raining or snowing or windy. And, you know, he puts up great numbers. And, of course, you know, you have this offensive line that can protect him. You have this offensive line that is dominant in run blocking. You have a one-two punch. We talk about it every week and how good Nick Chubb is. I think an improving defense. And so the Browns are sitting there at 9-3. and three. And when – the one thing the Browns have going, first of all, they made a great hire with Stefanski. At least right now, that's that's the verdict. That's what the facts say. And the one thing that they know is they know exactly who they are and what their identity is. And when they get the guys, like how many times have we heard, um, even when OBJ was playing, or Jarvis Landry, who's, by the way, playing well and actually completed a pass yesterday. Mm-hmm. Nice we catch don't by hear, Baker. We don't hear these guys crying and complaining about the ball and because they know they know this gives them the best chance to win with what type of offense they have and what's the strength of that team the strength of that team is that offensive line i mean it is fun for me it is fun to watch i've been fortunate i get i got to do two browns games and i think for penance i'm doing another Bengals Bengals dallas game this week uh coming up andy's comeback red rifle rifle returns i can just see an animation of a guy dressed up as a like a Texas, put him shit. in the put him in the uh, what's the little kid Ralphie? Put him in the Ralphie pink bunny suit. A Christmas story coming back. Yes. Red rifle. I love it. He wanted the Red Rider eighty eight. Red Rider eighty eight. Uh, 
but but I, that's just too easy for the Fox graphic. Company. I know, I know, but I think yeah, um, you know, and the Bengals uh, are just really struggling. But I credit Fox because uh, they we've it's very clear that unless you're Joe or Troy, you're doing regional. Everybody's doing mm-hmm. regional games as far as talent goes, and. I'm actually excited to see the Cowboys play because there are certain players I want to watch. I want to watch Zeke and see if Zeke has hit the wall or if he still have a lot left. So I'm anxious to see that. I thought the Bengals defense played okay yesterday. Just there's no offense. I mean, there's you know, no offense. There's just you know, it's just AJ Green has been shut out in three of the last four games. Zero I think, catches. I, you know, I just I understand Brandon Allen's in there and he's you know he's trying. He just doesn't have. The reps, it's just obviously you see how different they are when Joe Burrow, when Joe Burrow's in there, when Joe Mixon's in there. But guess what? Everybody, Every other team is dealing with the same thing. I, I did the Detroit Lions yesterday. Kenny Galladay's out, who's a really good wide receiver. DeAndre Swift is out again. I can't tell you how many guys on their defensive line were out. And all their corners, their starting corners are out. And yet you find a way. I mean, I've, I'm talking to Rick, and... They pulled uh, Eric Hendricks, their starting middle linebacker, pulled his calf in warm-ups. I saw that. I saw the video. He started a guy that he signed on Thursday, and the guy had 11 tackles. There you go. Off a practice squad of another team. I mean, you know, it's pretty uh, fascinating to watch. And they're just, you know, they're just undermanned. That's just the way it is. So the Browns are good, man. They are good they enough are good. to beat anybody. Be, yeah, they can, be, they can be very good. They just need to... I mean, they they messed around and almost let the Titans back in it, and you can't do that. You know, when you when you're a running team and you have that big of a lead at halftime, just pound them and put the game away. But I wondered what it's about easier the, said than done. But I I, I know your premise is absolutely correct. I can't fathom why the Titans. I mean, I guess I can fathom they got Derrick Henry, but the Browns' corners were both out and. The Titans just waited too long to start throwing the ball, and once they started throwing it, like the Browns couldn't stop them. Yeah, you, yeah, I know. And look, it doesn't matter that they almost blow blew it. They no, didn't. it doesn't. It's a win. Yeah, it's, it's, that's pass fail league. I'm I'm glad. I, I love the fact that were you always like this on a pass fail league, or is it just kind of? No, like, I took that from the great Mike Pettin. That's the one thing I gained from yeah, the Mike Pettin regime. He's, exactly. he's like, it's a pass fail league. That's it. Why stress over like the Vikings? We won, so move yeah. on. Yeah. Don't question a win. And also, you always said, no, no, it's really hard to win a game. It it's hard. really hard. It can be over, like Jacksonville, Minnesota. Right. It's hard to win. Jacksonville's 1-10, but how many games have they almost They're Right won? in it. They're right in a lot of games. Yeah. The Lions have led in the fourth quarters a crazy amount of number of games, right? You just... you just With a double-figure yeah, lead. You just don't know. Yeah. And no. so when you win in the NFL, you never apologize for winning. No. And one of the statements that Coach gave me a long time ago, and I've adopted it as one of my own, you can learn the same lessons lessons from winning as you can learn from losing. It's, great. Absolutely, it's a great comment. You, can, you absolutely can. It is, yeah. So the Bengals yesterday had a brawl in their game. Did you see the hits on the special teams that precipitated yeah, that? Uh, no, I didn't. I haven't watched They were them. ugly. Mike, uh, they were ugly. Uh, and uh, Brian Flores, as a, you would expect, protecting his guys. So they had some ejections and they had some punches and all that kind of stuff. Uh, what it added up to after in Cincinnati is speculation that this is it for Zach Taylor, that they're not playing disciplined football, that they, um, you know, they're obviously losing. They're losing on the road. It's like crazy, some crazy number of road losses yeah. for them. Yeah, it's not even um... Uh, there could be quite a lot of head coaching changes. I would just be in careful on Zach in the sense. I mean, if you're going to make a change, I think you have to make it now because. Ooh, interesting. Well, only because who's the most important person within that franchise? Joe Burrow. Exactly. So if you're going to change and change offenses, you got to do it now, going into a second year, as opposed to Joe getting it going a second year. Then all of a sudden, okay, we're changing again. You mean now in the this. Off season, not like no, this, not, no, not this right, week, right? I mean, if you're going to make, I'm not, I'm not advocating yeah, for right. change because I just don't know. I'm not close enough to right. the program. I'm not inside the program. Uh, the one thing I did do, um, and I will do again, 
is I went to practice and because of COVID regulations and nothing, uh, you know, the Bengals do, it's just because of the COVID revela- uh, regulations. Um, I was at one end of the practice field and they were at the other end, but I was able just to feel like, I like to just like one of the guys asked me on our crew, Chris, why, why are you going to this practice? We're, we're bound here 200 yards away. Yeah. And for me, it's just, I, I just watch everything, right? I feel energy. I see guys moving. I see what kind of pass rush move a guy may like and, or something and it may transition into my broadcast. And so I'm going to give up an hour and 15 minutes of my time if it makes it could possibly make a difference in my broadcast. I mean, that's just how I do things. I love that you recognize that, that there's just you could pick up one little thing that could be interesting for the broadcast. And you're not, if you don't pick up anything, you're, still, you're not out anything. Right. You're not out. It's just your time that you and you are on the job for Fox. So yeah. why not be there? And, you know, I could have probably watched or seen more, to be honest with you, if uh, I was driving across that bridge that overlooks yeah. <laughs> the brought back and forth. <laughs> Is that bridge still open? There's Baldur Bridge is kind of closed now. I don't I don't I don't know. Maybe I mean, you could watch them up there with the bridge, binocs. But I did pick up one thing on the Bengals and I'm waiting to see if they uh if it happens um this week uh when I was at practice. I'm not at liberty to say yeah. because when I say at practice anything that I pick up that is um, scheme related or anything like that, I'll never say. Sure. If they do it in a game, then they say this was executed well in practice. Here's the other thing that coaches need to understand. College coaches don't get this. NFL guys get this. And it's amazing, the production meeting. Daryl Bevel was a different guy on a Zoom call this week than he was as an offensive coordinator. I mean, a, <laughs> I mean... Like, well, he's asked more. He's asked more from a leadership perspective right. and has more authority now. Right, and yeah, it, true. In fairness to Daryl, you're exactly right. Yes, um, but uh, to the coaches in the NFL know that we're not there to hurt. I tell them, mm-hmm. I'm not here to hurt you. I don't call for. I never called for one guy's job my entire life. I never would do that. I'm not. I'm not uh, in position to make that decision. I just I like to accentuate the positives and the good. Tell me something good about this kid. I can see the bad. Yeah. Tell me something good. Tell me, you know, his work ethic and practice. He's he's was tremendous in training camp. He's getting a shot today. You know, those things which I can elaborate on during the broadcast that enhance the broadcast. I already know the bad stuff. Sure. That's I don't on need film. to know the bad stuff. Right. I see it. Yeah, I like when Urban talks about don't say you have bad players, you know, because you gave him a scholarship, so he must not be that bad. If you gave him a scholarship, coach him better. Uh, Willis Spangler Starling is our attorney firm of choice. Um, Make sure that you have uh, done the research and done the due diligence on which attorney firm you'll go with before you actually need one. That's why with Willis Spangler Starling, you're set. Their expertise extends across a broad spectrum Workers' compensation, personal injury, wills estate planning, all the big ones, they can cover it. And they're enlarging their specialties all the time, but they're not a mammoth firm in a big high office building. They are in um, a nice one-story, very very accommodating office, Truman Boulevard and Hilliard. Willis Spangler Starling online at willisattorneys.com. And I give you the website because it's a good way to get to know them, to see their character, to see how um, laid back they are in their approach to interacting with you. Uh, they're definitely on it when it comes to all aspects of the law. And the thing that I love about Willis Spangler Starling is that they see what they do as a way to serve others. And that's crucial because uh, as we get into the faith portion of the podcast later on, uh, that's what we're all about is serving. And um, you can serve in any number of ways. And you're given expertise and interests and acumen in a lot of different areas. For the people at Willis Spangler Starling, it's in the law, but it is a way to serve. So Look for them online, willisattorneys.com, willisattorneys.com. Uh, you mentioned you can see the bad stuff on film. I would imagine it's going to be a pretty tough day for Mike Jordan, a cornerback with the Tennessee Titans, who played at Missouri Western State. Where I've, I've never heard of it, but man, did the Browns pick on him yesterday. They got him at least twice. Donovan Peoples-Jones got him on a double move, long touchdown, uh, Richard Higgins got him in the first half. So, looked like the Browns identified that matchup. That's the whole NFL. Yeah. 
you, you find a weak guy or a guy that's struggling that particular day, and it can change week to week, and you go after it, and you you create matchups the best way that you can. And that's, you know, that's when you get that matchup in that man coverage or even in the zone if you get a matchup that you like, because so how you can get a, a, a zone matchup is you line up whatever slot receiver or you line up the trips, which is three receiver, one side. Eventually you got to get a linebacker out on a receiver. And that's when you run those little option routes or read routes or, you know, shake routes, whatever you want to call them. It's really tough for a linebacker. How you defeat that is you got to have, hopefully you have a beast of a pass rush. I mean, that's just. That's the only way. Because eventually, you know, uh, really good running backs like Kareem Hunt out of the backfield or DeAndre Swift or any of these, uh, Christian McCaffrey, any of these guys. Mike Davis has 50 catches to back up to Christian McCaffrey. Those guys are tough matchups for linebackers, right? And so if you can get that, that's an advantage offense. And once that's identified, it's really tough because then a defensive coordinator has to start changing what he's doing because he can't can't put that guy in a position to fail. No, no. Kudos to Rick. I wasn't aware how good a numbers Justin Jefferson had until uh, I was watching NFL Network last night. Offensive rookie of the year. Offensive rookie of the year. They were drafted him to replace Stephon Diggs, and he's doing a nice job with that. So, congrats. Uh, I think back to the Bengals and a coaching change. I get why Cincinnati reporters and stuff are speculating because when you have the record that Zach Taylor has, that's why they speculate. But you got to remember, no owner is more patient than Mike Brown. No, and I sure I'm sure Zach Taylor would be owed at least two more years as head coach. If they fired him now, and Mike Brown just doesn't usually pay guys not to coach. It's so. not the uh, only. It's the definitely number one decision on going into making that is that they have to make a determination on what is best for Joe Burrow. For Joe Burrow, yeah. That's first and foremost. Yep. That's not the only consideration. Well, that's how the Browns ended up with Freddie Kitchens. But it, they decided that, and I'm not, I'm not equating Zach to Freddie Kitchens. I'm saying the Browns were what's best for Baker Mayfield. And they determined that keeping Freddie Kitchens was best for Baker Mayfield. And that and was wrong. While while the decision was wrong, the logic at the, the time lo- yes. wasn't wrong. No, you are correct. Uh, and um, But there's there's other things to consider when you're hiring a head coach. And believe me, I have a criteria that I would be looking for if I were ever in a position to advise or what's what what's something that I think that works um but you look at at Zach and I look Zach knows what he's doing but I also look at the personnel it's just not there I mean they have a lot of good pieces and obviously Joe was the right call mm-hmm. they and there's some pieces and like T Higgins is a really good player I think Mackenzie Alexander's played pretty well for them I think William Jackson's played well for them I don't care what anybody says I think Jesse Bates Oh, very well. Von Bell mm-hmm. has been outstanding for them. Um, you know, on the the front seven, Gino's done. I mean, he's hurt or he's done. One of the two. Hopefully, he can come back if you can get more years out of him. But he's had a great career. But you know, he's not the Gino Atkins that nope. that uh, I love to watch play. And on the offensive line is just you know it's a bunch of guys that are try hard guys, but. You know, you lose with too many try-hard guys. You do. I'm just that's just the way it is. What's Odell Beckham worth in trade? Because I don't think the Browns need him, and I don't think the juice is worth the squeeze there. They're they're cooking on offense right now. They're getting enough of the same kind of production out of Rashard Higgins and uh, Uh, some of their other guys. I think you could draft another receiver if you wanted to have another receiver, but I don't think they need OBJ. I don't. I don't know that anybody'd give a one for him. No, no. But the other thing you have to look at before you make any of those trades is what's the dead money? Dead money, right? Which is you know an issue. Right? Yeah, the cap. You have to. you You count certain money on your cap, whether you guys there or not. Right. Like when people are talking about the Lions, who are in the market for a new coach, it may be Daryl Bevel, it may not be. Looking at Matt Stafford because Correct. he's in his thirties, right? He's in a third year of a one hundred and thirty-five million extension. So the next year, getting rid of him is a hit. before a next hit. year is a big, 
dead right. dead money hit. After next year, it's something it's manageable. certainly more manageable. Yeah, way yes. more manageable. So, so that, that plays that, into yeah, trading absolutely. guys. But I think with OBJ, look, I, I I think he's a tremendous talent. I mean, I I love his uh, his work ethic in practice, Bruce. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he's a good player. He's an emotional guy. I get that. He's a good player. I think he has fit in well with Kevin Stefanski, and he and Jarvis Landry. We talked about this. They've bought in. They've bought in because this team is winning, right? That's that's why we don't hear about. It. Uh, I think he is tradable. Uh, I don't. He's not a one. I I I don't. I wouldn't give a one for him. No, I don't think anyone will because no. of his injury history and because I'm mean, look. He's 28. The truth is. He sucks a lot of oxygen out of the room. Yeah, man. and you know oh. they get uh, those guys get you know receivers hit walls too. All right? right, so if they traded him, according to Sport Sport Track, their dead money hit in twenty twenty one would be twelve point seven million. If they keep him for another year, get rid of him, he signed through twenty two and twenty three. Signed through twenty twenty three. Yeah, there'd be no dead cap money hit in twenty twenty two. There you go. So I can think I can say with some degree of certainty, <laughs> unless he has like a knockout year next year, he's gone after next year. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, I, I think that's pretty clear. Because they could trade him and he'd be signed somewhere else at a pretty manageable number if he's healthy. Yeah. Thirteen point seven million. Or they can cut him. They can't get they him. But they, him. But they would I, I would think there'd be some you can get something for him. And he would be 30, though, by then. Yeah. And I don't know what the market is for 30-year-old wide receivers. Well, for A.J. Green, it's veteran minimum next year. <laughs> Looks to me like. Yeah. But they, they've uh, he good- could He could have a resurgence. Right. It would not surprise me if A.J. Green somewhere else took off like, apparently, Carlos Dunlap has revitalized the Seahawks pass, uh, pass rush. Well, Carlos he, shut it down. In I know he did. I know he did. And it looks like A.J. shut it down. A.J. might be in that subliminal injury impact mindset. You know how some quarterbacks, when they get an ACL, they're healthy to play, but that first year, it's like I don't know. still waiting for him. You know, he, just, but, uh, he has a hard time getting separation. Does he really? Wow. Yeah, in, in my opinion. I mean, that's what I've noticed. And again, I haven't done a full evaluation. I'm just it's me watching a game and and doing a game and watching various plays, not not all the plays, but I really like T Higgins. I like Tyler Boyd, although I thought, you know, that could have been all that stuff could have been avoided. You have to keep poise on both sides. I didn't see what happened. All I saw was the highlight of the touchdown. It was a great play. Did he like start talking trash after he got I, in the end zone? I, I, just, I don't know what happened. I just know that that should never happen because it hurts. He's got to understand how important he is to the team. He yeah. can't. He can, particularly with Joe Burrow out. He's got to be out there. Yeah. So I don't even know then who they run out at wide receiver. I mean, you know. So you talk about Brandon Allen. I mean, the Bengals had what 160 yards, 180 yards, or 190 yards total offense yesterday. Not going to win that way. Very hard yeah, to they win. Can't run. Way. Can't throw. It's tough to yeah. get the ball moving, Bruce. Yeah. As you well know. Got to have great special teams, and you can't be hitting guys before the ball gets there on special teams, which precipitates a brawl. Uh, Open enrollment for health insurance ends December the 15th. Don't be caught off guard by that deadline. You've had about 45 days to get it done. You still have time. AUI Info makes it easy. Go to their website and set up a meeting on their chat feature 24-7, and they'll get back with you either on Zoom, in person, on the phone, answer all your questions about your health insurance, Get you set up, whether you're a business looking to attract new employees with great health benefits, whether you are a single-person business, you're a plumber, you're a lawyer, you're a consultant, whatever. If you're self-employed, it does not mean that you are restricted only to Obamacare. You are considered, in the government's eyes, a group of one. AUI gave me that information. It's the kind of information you get from them when you go to their site. I didn't and know that. Yeah, you don't pay. So you might be a group of one. I don't know what I am. Uh, But at any rate, um, auiinfo.com is the place to go. Again, you don't pay them. The health insurance companies pay them. Everybody pays for a consultant whether they use it or not. So you might as well use it because it's free. 
and they're compensated by the company, so you don't pay. So auiinfo.com, Chrissy, Steve, Julie, a small business themselves, so they understand the needs of small businesses. They're very responsive, and they'll stay in touch with you. It's not just a once-a-year thing. They'll Love stay it. in touch with you to help you out. Cause so they, complicated. They are, oh, my goodness. They are servants at heart, so auiinfo.com. All right, let's uh, transition to the faith portion of the podcast. I don't think we have left anything else on well, the table. Well, you segued well to me, if you, if I may yeah. go. So servants at heart, right? Mm-hmm. And servants at heart means you. one of the things is is being consistently a servant at heart. And just talking to coaches, I ask them that leadership question all the time. And I was talking to the defensive coordinator of the Detroit Lions this week. His name's Corey Unlin. Good guy, right? Corey was, if you watched his press conference and listened to him, in my opinion, he was down a little bit because Matt Patricia brought him in to help. And this is a quote from Corey Unlin, not a quote from me. This is just, that's not an observation. It's a quote. You know how I feel. My friend brought me in to help him. And I didn't. All the effort, every good intention, it just didn't work out, right? And so on our um, video conference call, Zoom is not a Fox. It's not an NFL or Fox-approved <laughs> entity. <laughs> so on our video, but it's a Huli, I guess, do they contribute to this show? They do not. No. On our video conference call. Yeah. <laughs> They're not advertising with Google, us yet. Is it Google Meet or <laughs> what else? There's a bunch of different platforms. Um, I know Microsoft Teams is a big one. The NFL uses. Yeah. yeah. Um, he was talking about that a little bit, and you know, you can see the genuine hurt. This, I mean, this like we we become calloused a little bit to coaches getting hired and fired. Like we do. I, I never. I hate when guys get hurt on the football field. I hate when guys get fired. But we all know the rules that we play under, and then there's. There's a little bit of callous, but I could just see that I let my buddy down, right? Mm. I let my buddy down. And not on purpose. He gave everything. It just sure. it just didn't happen. And so we talk, and you were saying they're servants at heart. And so I asked Corey, you know, what's the number one thing for you now? And he says, I just have to help these players. This is all I'm invested in. And every coach that I've talked to and the thing that I've always believed in if a coach has no other agenda, especially not, I mean, a head coach, but I'm more talking about position-specific or mm-hmm. coordinators. If their only agenda, and most coaches are like this, I've come to experience uh, being in this game my whole life and all, uh, talking to thousands of people, that if a coach, his only agenda is to help that player become a better player and also you know, there's a little bit of a professional relationship, but there's also a little bit of a relationship that can be built. And when that player knows that that coach's best interest and only agenda is himself, the player, mm-hmm. then that's when I think you get the most. And that, I was really impressed with Corey's answer on that because it's hard because he's feeling down. He feel like he let his guys down. He feel like he let his friend down. But the mission doesn't stop, no matter the circumstances. And so then I found a corresponding or not a corresponding, is it corresponding Bible verse or something that relates? Corresponding verse or complimentary verse? Complimentary, thank you very much. That's what I was looking for. You, the wordsmith, and Mm. two-time state champion. Um, Never forget. Well, you don't let me forget it, so. (laughs) I mean, I just do what I have to do. And this comes from our friends in uh, Philippi, from the Philippians, Bruce. Wonderful. The Apostle Paul. In humility... Value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but to each of you to the interests of others. And so, you know, thinking about my note-taking about life and leadership that I know you have a great interest in, and as husbands, as fathers, you and I, and in coaches, I think there's nothing more humble than when head coach gets fired there's a decent chance that you're going to be fired at the end of the year but you still have to give everything you have and what can be more humbling and it's kind of trying sports and how, how does sports fit into you know biblical way of life right how can it be more humbling for a coach to understand that 
his rear end's probably out the door. I don't know what the case is on coaches getting fired or what contracts are. But in his own humility, he still has to value <clears throat> others, players, above himself, not looking to his own interests, but to the interests of his players. And that, to me, is the definition of living as a Christian. That, to me, is the definition of being a professional in all aspects. That's the definition of being a husband. That's the definition of being a father. And more importantly, that's the definition of being a leader yeah. in everything that you do. Amen. If you're in that position of leadership. That's well said because you're right. All those guys are brought in by the head coach to fulfill the head coach's plan, vision. You know, he casts a vision for what the organization will be. When it goes south, there will be a new head coach, and that guy will have a vision, and he'll have people he trusts. And most likely, if you're a holdover, you're not going to be retained. To continue to invest in the players and help the players rather than prioritize okay so how i need I, to cover my rear end I'm here cya it here and yeah. i'm gonna do you know whatever and that's really the essence of leadership and everybody everybody i don't know anybody who would not qualify as a leader under this definition and i think this is a definition for a leader if you have influence over one person you're a leader if you have influence now, the greatest leader who ever lived was Jesus Christ. It's inarguable. Look at the look at the impact, the the, the breadth of Christianity throughout the world. <laughs> and it's sustained. Sustained and growing every day for a guy who came without social media, without modern electronic communication techniques and stuff like that. He brought a new vision for how... We are to live our lives. And he didn't recruit communication specialists and marketing specialists. He recruited fishermen and tent makers and tax collectors. And he spent three years training them as leaders to pick up the mantle of his leadership after he left for heaven. And now we're those same people empowered with the ability to lead. But what did he do? What was the essence of his leadership? His leadership was to lay down his life for other people, to demonstrate his love for them, to show his love by laying his life down. Now, you may not be asked to give up your life, but to lead effectively, this is what Chris was talking about with a coach, he has laid down his agenda, his personal interest, his personal priorities, he has set them aside and prioritized other people's needs yeah. over his own. It, it, I just want to say, I mean, it's some some people out there that don't know. Um, when they see a coach getting fired or coaches getting fired, you know, it's it's really difficult to watch because I see it in these guys' eyes, especially this time of year. Right at the beginning of the year, it's great going to every practice in every team because everybody's happy and excited. Got everybody's going to be great. Yeah, everybody's going to be great. Now, you know, when you look at these guys' eyes, you, you just know that the, the – and by the way, they choose this way of life. I've heard coaches talk about this all the time, that the stress that they're under and understand that, okay, if you're not coach, – if you're coaching the NFL, eventually – you know, you're going to get fired. That's just unless you're Bill Belichick. You're going there's the outliers. And so the stress that it puts on them, the families, the kids, I mean, the sacrifices that these guys make, but that's everybody's in agreement. Like the families usually are in agreement. And so this is why this is not for me professionally. Um, I have to be a little bit callous to it because well, that's just the way it is. But I also recognize uh, what these guys are going through. And I'm also in sit there in admiration because of their willingness to understand that they're basically, professionally speaking, dead men walking, mm -hmm. you know, at least statistically speaking. Yeah. And yet they still go and do their job and, and put the player's agenda above theirs. And that's all biblical to me. It is. It absolutely is. Whether, you know, whether they have that motivation or not, it is biblical, and you know that whole setting aside your agenda for others is, is the like, essence. I'll of give leadership. you one more example. 
Like if our podcast starts at 6.30 that the cameras are set up <laughs> or that the, t- the shot is tight, everything's ready. I'll work on that. I'll lay aside my agenda of waiting in the living room for you to arrive because I know you're going to ring the doorbell if I'm not up there to open the door. Wake everybody up. I'll tell them. You lay your sleep aside so Spiels can walk in, we can hit the button, and we can go. Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah, and I'll be hitting. Uh, I'll be sharing the latrine with Stahl here on my way out. Yeah, no, or no. with We're with good. Star. We have water. We're good. Okay, all set. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, one way you can lay your uh, agenda aside is to take what a minute to email us a name of someone for COVID nineteen relief. Come on, we're going to draw on Wednesday, and we're still giving two hundred and fifty dollars just for drawing someone's name, but we can't. Draw their name if you don't nominate them. So nominate them, SpielmanHooleyPodcast at gmail.com. And uh, the emails that we get in response from the recipients are nice, but I can only imagine what the interactions are like when they find out that you nominated somebody. So yeah, that's cool. do something nice for them. And everybody have a great day. Hopefully by Wednesday we'll have some clarity on Ohio State's opponent yeah. for Saturday, whether it's Michigan or whether it is not. Uh, we'll also update you on the college football playoff rankings and everything else. Have a great day. We'll talk to you again then.